So this month marks the one year point of life unlike we ever knew it before. It's been a devastating year of illness and death, of unrelenting stress, crushing impact, you know, medically, financially, economically, politically, educationally, emotionally, spiritually. So it feels a little bit weird to wish you all happy anniversary. But a year ago this week, we stopped all of our normal ways of gathering and worshiping, of singing and praying and of learning together. I mean, first it was a bishop's edict not to shake hands or to hug in the peace. I mean, you remember that? Like horrors. Uh, I remember having to pull up the sleeves of my alb. I pulled them up like this and gripped the ends so that I wouldn't accidentally hug you or shake hands with anyone. And then it was just one week later, uh, no communion wine, gobsmacked. I mean, ugh, having to tell the chalice bearers, we don't need you. And having to tell everyone, only come up for the bread. And then thinking how awful it will be to write out the whole pandemic without wine for the Eucharist. And just days later, we got the bishop's edict of no in-person worship. And that week, that next week, we were streaming from the sanctuary. And I just saw a shot of that first service where Reverend Nate and I were opposite each other inside the communion rail, safe distance, but no masks. I, I don't know if any of us even had masks back then. And we had two soloists on the floor standing next to each other uh, and JK at the piano on the other side. And then bam, it was Holy Week and Easter and our minds blown. How do we celebrate Holy Week? How do we celebrate Easter online? And to look one year later on this anniversary, I mean, we're not even massively stressed about how to do services for Holy Week and Easter online. We've been there. We've done that. And it's like the joke in the Episcopal Church that if you do something one year, it's a tradition. If you do it two years, it's an ancient tradition. So look forward to Easter and Holy Week in our ancient tradition of working online, worshiping online. So with all that in mind, when Jesus says in today's reading from John's gospel, destroy this temple and in three days I'll raise it up. I get it in a whole new way. I mean, it's goodbye temple, goodbye church. Hello new temple in three days, hello new worship in three weeks. The worshipers then and the disciples were befuddled by what Jesus meant at that day, meant at that time, I will raise it up in the temple up in three days. And it wasn't until the disciples reflected back after Christ's death, after the resurrection, after the ascension, that they realized he was talking about the temple of his body, Jesus's body. That's the true locale of worship. That's the living epicenter of worship. And on this anniversary, I think we might be a bit like the disciples. 
And even though it has been really, really hard, we are still worshiping. Jesus didn't leave the house because Jesus is the living house. Before this time of our exile from the sanctuary and from in-person worship, I thought I understood the concept of a church not having walls, of God not being confined to Sundays only or to the sanctuary. But what, in looking back, I realize is there's a bunch that I was really attached to in worship and that this time away has challenged me to the core. And for me, it's been the Eucharist, the shared bread and wine. I used to feel that if I didn't have communion twice a week, I'd be all off kilter. I always joke, I need that double week reboot, uh, some of that Jesus in me. Uh, and way, way back before I was ordained, I even chose a church to attend based on the fact that they were the only one nearby that had a midweek Eucharist so I could get my Sunday and Wednesday. And here we are a year into no communion together and getting to share spiritual communion just on the feast days like Christmas. I've had to look at my attachment to the physical connection to Jesus through bread wine, through body, blood. It's all been laid bare. My reading even of this, that, you know, the temple is my body, I thought that meant also the body and the blood, that the temple is something we take in in communion. It's been blown out of the water. I mean, this worship right now is really meaningful, and there's no bread, there's no wine. I think each of us have had to look at whatever our attachments have been and what they may still be to how we worship. And where do we meet God? Because that's a real question. Where do we meet God? Because God's ready to meet us anywhere. And for first century Jews, the temple was the place where human life and divine blessing met. And that's Jesus's challenge in the reading that we just read. In John's gospel, the scene of Jesus overturning the tables and driving out the livestock and the doves comes at the beginning in the second chapter. The other gospels, the other three gospels, it happens at the end of his ministry. It's pretty much the last straw before that triggers his crucifixion. And those gospels focus on Jesus attacking, attacking corruption. And temple practices. Not so here in John. Jesus is challenging the fundamental structure of temple life, the marketplace economy of how the temple functioned. And it living, the scene living in the second uh, chapter, it is the second big act that Jesus does in his ministry. It's the second sign. First, he turns water into wine at Cana. And now in the temple, he's upending everything. There's this huge, shocking, performative moment. And in that moment, Jesus is pointing to temple life, to the location of worship, and challenging it and saying, my body, in a sense is the temple. The temple is not here. The location of worship 
the, the temple, the disciples understand after he's died, is being with Jesus. Is Jesus abiding with us and us abiding with Jesus? And it's Jesus's life, death, resurrection, and ascension that creates this new reality, that God's dwelling place is with us as human beings and is as a human being. And Jesus will say later to the Samaritan woman that worshiping God means worship in spirit and truth, not in Jerusalem, not on a holy mountain, but worship in spirit and truth. And that's what we've been doing and trying to do all of us to the best of our ability, worshiping in spirit and truth in this new form. And the resentment and anger and grief over what we haven't been able to do, I'm now seeing is actually a place that reveals attachments we've had to forms of worship. And for me, it's been a huge shift, albeit not one I welcomed at all, that I can worship God, that we can worship God, that we can be with God communally without communion, without singing or praying physically, hearing all our voices together all around. We are still worshiping. And accepting this for me has been a huge change of heart and mind. Changing our hearts and minds is actually the definition of repentance. And it feels a little weird that this change of my heart, my mind around worship is repentance, because I always thought repentance means turning away from something that was bad or wrong. Our love of worshiping together and being in our temple at physically St. A's, having communion together, that isn't bad or wrong. The trouble came and trouble comes is when we put limits on the radical expansiveness of God's grace and love working among us, regardless of what's happening in the world. And the fact that you're all here now watching or listening means that you too have been learning about abiding with Jesus in a new way. And you too have had a change of heart and mind, even though it's been one we didn't want. And we have had to learn that Jesus, the living Christ, is our temple with us anywhere, anytime. So now we're on the precipice of another big change in the coming months, assuming things get better and everybody thinks they will, we'll start gathering in person. I think it actually will be another opportunity to see what worship attachments we might have about how it's going to be when we get back. Because we won't be worshiping exactly like we were before. I mean, Dave and Reverend Nate and I have been out on the patio and then the, the courtyard trying to figure out how, how we will set things up for outdoors. Trying to figure out how will there be music when there's still a ban on music. But however it looks, however it feels, and whatever form it takes, we'll be worshiping in spirit and truth. We will be abiding in Jesus. And 
we will be and we will continue to be people who love God and people who are loving one another in unbounded ways. And the unbounded way God showers us with love and peace that passes all our understanding, regardless of worldly circumstance. So, happy anniversary. The anniversary none of us wanted, but the anniversary that's here. And I'm actually looking forward to next year's happy anniversary, when we will celebrate Christ's presence among us in whatever form it will have taken. Amen.